You speak, we listen. Conversations connecting people. This is the Chuck Williams Show. Welcome back to another edition of the Chuck Williams Show. I think we're, what, 52 now, something like that. It's turning very political, but we knew that was going to happen this year as we moved into it. A lot of candidates on the state and local level have been wanting to do the podcast, and we've got one today. we got a former probate judge of Trutland County, uh, T.J. Hudson. Mr. Hudson is a candidate for Secretary of State in the state of Georgia. He's trying one of... Four Republicans trying to unseat uh, Secretary Brad Raffensperger. Uh, Judge Hudson, welcome to the Chuck Williams Show, sir. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, Mr. Williams. Well, you can call me Chuck. Can I call you TJ? <laughs> yes, sir. You know how we raised out here in rural Georgia. It's, it's, it's yes, sir, no, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. How old are you, Judge? I'm 46 years old. So you, you grew up you grew up down in Soperton in that part of the that eastern part of the state. Um, how did you get into politics? Well, I always try to give a, a, people a little history about Trutland County. So the first governor of Georgia was John Adam Trutland. That's where we get our name for, from. Born and raised here in Trutland County. Graduated high school in 1994. Went off to college. I have a degree in criminal justice. Came back and started working for the former sheriff here. Um, former sheriff, he's like a father to me. Um, I actually refer to him as my, as my pa. We talk every day. Um, he's the one that instilled in me the true values of being a man. You always look a person in the eye, give him a firm handshake, say what you mean, mean what you say. So um, he saw a lot of potential in me. He didn't think that I was just fit to be just a road deputy. So whenever the probate judgeship came up, Pa told me, he said, TJ, I want you to run for that judgeship. He said, uh, I want you to get out, look the people in the eye, you ask them for your vote. And that's what I did. I went door to door. And I'm a minority here in Trenton County. No one gave me a fighting chance to win that election. But like I said, I went door what year, to door. What year did you win? 2004. And Trenton County is an overwhelmingly white county, right? Yes, yes, sir. So did you run, I mean, probate judge, did you have to declare then? Did you run as a Republican or a Democrat or is that a nonpartisan? He had to declare here in Trenton County, so everybody ran as a Democrat. You know, you have to in order to get elected. And the Democratic Party is not like it was 20 years ago, let alone 10 years ago. So ran as a Democrat and um, against two white opponents and won my first election by 55 votes. Whenever I was elected, I was the youngest judge in the state. I was 27 years old. And at that particular time, I was the first black male to ever be elected probate judge in the history of Georgia. Oh wow! So you know, when did you when did you become a Republican? Um, six years ago. Uh, I've always been conservative. That's just the way I was raised. Um, I, but I just cannot. The party changed, um, and parties change. People remain; they stay the same. So my beliefs has always been conservative. Therefore, that's why I, ch I chose to run as a Republican. So. Is it you have run for other other things before you jumped into this race, right? Yes, sir. It's probate court judge. Whenever I switch, um, family thought that I was going to have some issues switching from Democrat to a Republican, but I still was a top vote getter in the county. If you aren't from Soperton, what do people around the state? I mean, obviously, and and I mean this. I'm a 
country boy myself, but I mean this with all due respect. You've got a very country sounding kind of <laughs> South Georgia accent. Yes, sir. <laughs> what do people what do people need to know about where you're from? It's just some good people here that they say what they mean, they mean what they say. It's about honesty. It's 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 about integrity here. Um <laughs> we're always gonna do what's right from rural Georgia. Um you always look a person eye, like I said, you say what you mean, you mean what you say. And if someone breaks the law down here, then it's about consequences down here. And when you look at sort of what's happening, we're going to get into is that what made you say, I want to be the Secretary of State of Georgia? I mean, what, when did you make that decision and why? Uh, people have always asked me that. TJ, you're a top vote getter. No one can ever beat you in an election. You made all the money, made, made the most money. Why give all of that up? Well, Mr. Chuck, I took it to the heart the way our elections was ran in 2020. I always try to give a fact speech and not a stump speech. Georgia has never had a Secretary of State that has election experience. I think our chief election official in this state should have some type of election experience. I've done it for nearly two decades, from paper ballots to shoot levers to the system we have now. In fact, Mr. Chuck, if you got all the candidates on either side of the aisle on your show and had the new system that our current Secretary of State brought to the state of Georgia, I'm the only one that even knows where the on-off button is. So you... You have uh, you've run the Dominion voting machines, is what you're telling me. Yes, sir. And you know, in larger counties like Muskogee, you know Fulton, they have directors of elections and registrations. We got one of the best ones in the state here in Nancy Boren. Um, but in smaller counties, and you go outside of Columbus, like Quitman, Stewart, and obviously over in your county, the probate judge runs the election. Right. That's correct. Yes, that's correct. Next board, you guys have a fantastic election director there. She is absolutely fantastic. And she, yes, sir. Like like you said, um, I'm a chief magistrate court judge, and I'm also the elections are uh, was the election superintendent. So I had the honor of being the president of all the probate court judges in the state. I was president of all the magistrate court judges in the state, and president elect of all the Georgia election officials in the state of Georgia. And a magistrate judge is essentially the first hearing judge. You do a lot of what we would call recorder's court hearings here, right? That's correct. Um, and then you send it to Superior State Court, whether depending on what what it is. What judicial circuit are y'all over there? The Dublin judi- Judicial Circuit. Okay, so you're out of Dublin. Yes, sir. Um, as a probate judge running elections for 20 years, and obviously you won some very tight elections, in a smaller county, you know, less than 100 votes could decide who gets elected to various jobs. What did you? What did that process, Judge, teach you about election integrity? Just being honest and being transparent. Whenever I was the election superintendent, I never touched a ballot until the other candidate was there or represented it. I've had I've done elections across the entire state. I've never had anything to hide. In fact, in some of my elections, I've had candidates standing on my show over my shoulder as I was calling out the count. I mean, you just have to be honest, be transparent, let them see what you're doing. And if you do that, then voters will have confidence in what you're doing. It's it's all about giving voters confidence. You've been in some debates with the people that are trying to unseat Secretary Raffensperger. Um, 
you obviously are probably the only one that has worked with Secretary Raffensperger because as a county election official, you have to work with the Secretary of State's office, correct? Well, that's a good question. Well, when you say work with Secretary of State Raffensperger, um, you have, go ahead, go ahead. We actually didn't work with him. He always had a staff or two to work with us. It was no direct contact or conversation with our current Secretary of State, and that's what we're like. We're lacking. Matter of fact, we just had a debate on Saturday up in Guillermo County, and I brought to the point about um, Dominion voting systems and how prior to the system coming to the state of Georgia, a study committee was put together. I was selected to be on that study committee, but because of an accident that I had, another probate judge took my place. The study committee recommended that we keep the system that we left. Now, why would Georgia voters want to change systems? Is because they said that the system that we left was outdated, it was old, and Georgia voters wanted something to take home, a paper receipt. As each and every one of us know, we still do not have a paper receipt. So once I made that comment... But you do have a paper trail with the Dominion system, correct? You do. So when I made that comment, Mr. Chuck, uh, my current Secretary of State said that was not a fact. He said that the Safe Commission chose Dominion voting system. Well, vote Georgia voters, once I made that comment, we try to pull up the report from the Safe Commission, and our current Secretary of State has blocked access. The AJC actually ran an article in the paper that ESNS was the best system, and that's what the study committee recommended. Now, why were our current Secretary of State blocked access from Georgia voters to see that Safe Commission report? When you say safe commission, define that for me real quick, Judge. It's, it was a study committee. He just he rephrased it as a safe commission, but it was the report that the study committee came back with saying that ESNS was the better system. The Dominion system obviously is being used in all of Georgia's 159 counties. Um, what's the problem in your view of the Dominion system? Anything electronic is always going to have problems, but the flaw with Dominion voting system is on election night. So when our current Secretary of State had the company from Arizona to send each and every one of our Georgia, Georgia voters an absentee application, keep in mind your own lo local registrar's office is already doing that. Once that application was filled out, ballots were sent to each and every one of you. On election night, we have to do what's called tabulation or adjudication of the paper ballots. That means that we have to go through and look at those paper ballots and see if that ballot has an ambiguous mark or if the oval is not completely filled in. The system that we have now will reject that ballot. Now, it takes a person of honesty and integrity to copy or duplicate your ballot exactly how you intended. Prior to July 1 of last year, Georgia law did not say you had to keep the original ballot with the copy if you duplicated it. I've always kept the original with the copy just in case if a voter came around and said, TJ, I want to see what you did, I could show them. Because with Dominion voting system, it only reads the copy. And you can run the copy through the system as many times as you want. So that's the flaw with the system. Do you think people are abusing the Dominion systems in a fraudulent manner? 
It could be. It could be. Do you have any evidence that anybody has? No, the, they were asking the wrong question. So you can't tell one particular party to go home at a certain time while you're counting ballots, reconvene at a later time with only with the other party. That should that should not happen. Where did that happen? In Metro. Okay. Metro, Metro. you mean Fulton. Fulton, correct. So when you ask the question, could it be? Absolutely. It could it, absolutely. Yes. Do you believe the results of the 2020 election, the presidential election, the two U.S. Senate races, and any other race that you may or may not know of, do you believe those results were accurate? I can only speak in the counties that I help oversee. They were accurate. I can't speak on what happened in Metro because I wasn't there. I can say this to you, Ms. Chuck. What happened there, I would have never sent one party home and reconvened at a later time with another party. That is against the law. And when you look at kind of, I mean, Secretary Raffensperger and the GBI, quite frankly, have investigated the allegations of voter fraud. They found... You know, they found some stuff here and there, but nothing that would have swung an election. I mean, you know, and I mean, President Trump tried very hard to get those results switched in the Georgia presidential um, in Georgia presidential ballot. Do you think Joe Biden won Georgia? I cannot honestly say. And the reason I can't say that is because, like I said, with the process in in Fulton, why would they destroy the original ballots? We were asking, our people were asking the wrong question. They were asking for a forensic audit. You can't ask for a forensic audit on only Fulton or a handful of counties. You got to ask for a forensic audit on all 159 counties. But the real question that we should have been asking. But you did. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Go ahead. Yes, but the real question we should be asking is let us see the original ballots because in Fulton County, they, they destroyed the original ballots. When Georgia law says you must maintain those for 22 months. I mean, obviously there's been a new election law put in place last year that'll take hold in this. What do you see as somebody who has run elections over the years? What's the biggest change in that law for the for what you think to be the good? Um, picture, uh, photo ID. We have to do everything in life with a picture ID. Why shouldn't we have to have a picture ID to vote? I think the process is actually backwards. If you request an absentee by mail, you do not have to provide picture ID. But if you went in person or on election day, you had to provide ID. Isn't that process backwards? So I think one of the, a great step because Election supervisors across the state are not signature experts. That was the only thing that we had to use to verify a person's absentee by mail. Now that you have a photo ID, uh, it, it makes the process a lot easier with a picture ID and a lot safer. What do you think Secretary Raffensperger did wrong in 2020? Everything. 
Uh, first, now, now, hold on. I'm gonna push back a little bit on you, Judge. <laughs> Nobody does everything wrong. A, a busted clock's right twice a day. <laughs> so first, you cannot roll out a brand new system statewide that's never been done before in the history of Georgia. That was the number one mistake. Second, lack of training. Poll officials across the state did not have training, adequate training. Second, <laughs> absentee by mail. Instead of having a company from Arizona to send each and every one of you a absentee application, give the resources to the local officials. Help them because they were having a lot of problems during that election. They didn't know what to do. As a matter of fact, Mr. Chuck, on election day, election officials couldn't get through to the Secretary of State's office. They were calling me. I went county to county assistant election supervisors across the state. Once I finished my election in Trooper County. Where, what counties did you go into, Judge? I went into Lawrence. I went into Montgomery. And I was on the phone with Cowan. So Montgomery is Vidalia. Lawrence is Dublin, right? Montgomery is Mount, Ver Mount Vernon. Okay. Cowan, yes, sir. And uh, Lawrence is Dublin. That's correct. You've had a chance to see Secretary Raffensperger over the course of these this campaign and stuff. Have you talked to him much at all? Have you have y'all talked about twenty twenty and you know, I mean, have you had any conversations with sec the secretary? No, sir. You can never have a conversation with someone that's absent. Um, he has a staffer to reach out to Georgia election officials. He's more concerned about being on television talking to CNN in instead of talking to Georgia election officials. So you know, you're running against him, and there's uh, Jody Heiss, con former congressman in the race. Uh, Bell Isle is in the race. And who's the other one I'm missing? Um, uh, myself. So yourself? it's four of us. Oh, I thought there was five of y'all in it. Yes, no, sir. No. Okay, there's four of y'all. Okay. Um, congressman Heiss has the endorsement of President Trump. What does that do to this race? Um, I'm concerned about endorsements from Georgia voters. I'm not concerned about an endorsement from a president who doesn't live in the state of Georgia, let alone vote in the state of Georgia. So I'm concerned about endorsements from Georgia voters. You have heard, obviously, the tape of the phone conversation where then-President Trump called Secretary Raffensperger in January of 2021 literally looking for 11,000 and change votes. You've heard that, right? Yes, sir. How would you have handled that phone conversation if you had been on the other end of it? First, I wouldn't delete that conversation. That's a conversation between two men. Where I'm from, that conversation stays between two men. Uh, secondly, I would have done my job um, and, and just let him know. And it shouldn't have ever got to that point, let me say that. Um, but what, hold on, I want to push back now. I'm going to come at you a little bit from the reporter open record still. Why should okay. that conversation not have been leaked? It was a president of the United States, duly elected uh, at the time, a secretary right. of state, duly elected at the time. And it was a conversation, I would argue, of great public interest. Uh, look, look, at when it, look at when it was leaked. Uh, he, I think he was mad at those two senators that called him out and asked him to resign. That's whenever the tape was leaked. 
So if you would have had, if you had to leak it, why not leak it the next day? Not the timing. Just look at the timing on it. Yeah, it was pretty close though. It was leaked pretty quickly, and I think you had attorneys on it. It wasn't like it was just the president and the secretary. I mean, there were attorneys for both. There were a number of folks on that call, and I, you know, I mean, I, th- I think it's interesting because you know. The journalist in me thinks that's a public record and should have been out there all day long. So we'll kind of agree to disagree on that <laughs> one, Judge. Uh, but, you know, but arguably the most powerful man in the world is staring down the guy sitting in the office you want to have. So, you know, it's not an unfair question to ask you how you would have responded to that because it clearly happened in the last election. Yes, it, it, so if that would have happened with me. First of all, I would have said I'm doing my job, and I would have had a outside forensic audit done, not an internal forensic audit. It would have been an outside forensic audit. And if you don't have anything to hide, you don't mind giving access. Just let let anyone come come in and see. So I would have had an outside entity come in with a forensic audit and, and check. You know, y'all went through the the count and then the two recounts and. Trickland County. Did your totals change at all? No, I was spot on. You were spot on from the first day? Yes. And this new law is going to put a little pressure on uh, elections officials across the state to be spot on, right? Yes, sir. sir. Because if you start making changes, then that creates issues for your county and your board of elections, right? Right. But what people, a lot of people don't realize is that President Trump didn't lose the election on electronic balloting. He lost it on paper balloting. That's a fact. What do you mean? Who, Expand on that, would you please? So so electronic balloting is the system we have now. Any anything so in person voting, whenever yeah. you go in and you yeah. and you mark your ballot marking device, that's electronic. Paper balloting is absentee by mail. Yeah. So he did not lose it on look at the facts. He did not lose the election on electronic balloting. He lost it on paper balloting. But he lost it on people that were voting during a pandemic by, because they didn't want to go. Did you, did you have incru, increased uh, paper ballots in your county because of the pandemic? Um, it was about the same. You know, in some places it was more. I mean, I know in a place like Columbus, there were more people that probably voted um, absentee than had voted that way in the past. But the question, the, the question that I've always asked is not why not help the local registrar's office? Because, Mr. Chuck, you can always call the local registrar's office and ask them to send you an absentee application at any point in time. Why have a company that's not even in this state to send you an absentee application? Why not give the resources to the locals? That's That's been my argument from day one. And, and that's a sound argument. I mean, that's an argument that, you, you know, makes a lot of sense. Uh What's your hope in this election, Judge? I mean, I mean, see where it goes, but I mean, it appears based on the polling we've seen that it's headed to a runoff. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. Now, like I said, we just have to have someone that knows the ins and outs of elections. You, it's imperative that we have a Secretary of State that knows elections. If not, we're going to be but insanity. Could- <laughs> Couldn't you make the argument after what he's been through the last four years that Secretary Raffsberger has a pretty good knowledge of the ins and outs of of an election? Like I said in my opening statement, if you got his the system that he brought 
in front of us and that substitute. Now, he, he probably knows where the on-off button is, but any troubleshooting, our current Secretary of State does not know anything about that system. So he has not ran if, – if that's what you call running an election, and <laughs> with what he's done the last four years then, we're in some trouble. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's interesting. Politics is a full contact sport. Were you an athlete? Yes, sir. What'd you play? Baseball is my favorite in basketball. Okay. I mean, we're we're definitely in a position where politics is a contact sport right now. Um if you look across the board, I mean you're somewhat of a rarity in that you're a black Republican. Um, And do you think that works to your advantage or your disadvantage as you're trying to win elections, both (laughs) locally and state? Um, Both. Um, So just because, so a lot of people, because you're a black Republican, that they, it's this stereotype that you can't be trusted. I, I actually heard that. I don't know where that come from. Um, so uh, it, it's tough. But um, I, I stick to who I am. I'm true to myself. I'm a free thinker. So, Where'd you go to school? Where'd you go to college? Uh, to start out at Georgia College in Millersville. Yeah. And I graduated from Middle Georgia State University. Okay. So you, as you kind of, and you got obviously, you said, a law enforcement background. Yes, sir. Do you look at things kind of through the lens of law enforcement? I do. Why's that? I mean, help it's, help me understand that. It's just the way I was I was I was brought up. It's just that 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 law enforcement cowboy mentality. I assume. I just believe that if you break the law, then you should suffer the consequences. We got to quit slapping people on the wrist and 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 no, uh, you, you got to be held accountable. It's all about accountability for where I'm from. Uh, I fully understand that. Um, did you watch the Republican gubernatorial ba- debate on Sunday night? I was, I actually missed it. I was attending a funeral of one of my chairman of my county commissioners. His father passed away on yesterday. So we missed that debate. Um, have you seen any of the clippings of it? It was, uh, yep. they, they went after, uh, Senator Purdue and governor Kent went after each other pretty hard. Yes, sir. I saw some clippings of it this morning. Does that fight that, Governor Kemp and Senator Perdue are having in the primary help or hurt Republicans down ballot? It hurts them, in my opinion. Expand on that. The reason I say is because there is also resources whenever the liberal left is sitting there with not anyone to, um, to challenge and all this infighting has to stop. We have to come together as a, as a party um, it, it's, you have the establishment that is, <laughs> they're brutal <laughs> to say the least. Um, you're, you're, we, you're biting your head against the Republican establishment right now, aren't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. When you say the Republican establishment's brutal, what do you mean? That's pretty, that's a pretty frank, uh, observation from somebody that wants to be on the Republican ballot in November. Oh, well, when I say that, Chuck, is uh, they're not too kind-hearted to a um, free thinker. Um, I'm not part of the establishment. Um, 
yes, I am a Republican. I'm a conservative Republican, but I don't play those games that they that they play. Uh, uh, it was. Are you so you're you're saying you're an outsider? Yes, absolutely. But they I, what what I will say to you is, I think people, sh- the Republicans, we as the Republicans should look at who has the best chance of beating winning in November against the liberal left. Which candidates down ballot has the best chance of winning against the liberal left? That's my question to all Republicans. And clearly the other three candidates running against me do not have a shot at winning against a liberal left candidate, particularly one that Stacey Abrams has put her stamp of approval on. Who do you think the Democratic nominee will be for Secretary of State? Democratic nominee will be B.N. And that, do you think that that will be a formidable opponent for the Republicans? Absolutely, because she's a female and she's a minority. That's going to be tough to overtake. You know, it's interesting. Do you think the infighting, particularly at the top of the ticket, and there's infighting in your race, uh, not so much in... um, you know, there's infighting in the lieutenant governor's race. I mean, if yes. you look at if you look at the, uh, you know, if you look at the Republican stuff, the Republican ballots. I mean, uh, races. You know, there's a lot of infighting. I mean, they're all they all have challengers. I think the attorney general's probably is the most is probably the going to be the hardest one for an incumbent to get bumped out of. But if you look at it. Um, there's a heck of a family feud going on in your party right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you view that feud, how do you view it? I mean, when you look at the feud that's going on in the Republican Party, as somebody who was a Democrat, now a Republican, as a black guy in a majority white party, how do you view this infighting you're seeing right now? It's sad. Like I said, it's, it's an establishment. Chuck, I... Since we started out on this campaign, it's almost been it's been over a year now. Um, we had trouble getting through, just getting a list. So we, I, one of the problems that we we've seen, and I I touch on it is, uh, so once you announce, um, you're you have the the establishment or the GOP party is supposed to send you a list of all the. Uh, Republican voters, the database. Um, I had trouble getting that database, and, and this is all fact. We have emails where they were trying to charge me ten thousand uh, dollars. Just wouldn't respond to our telephone calls. They were actually sending out um, emails um, to other GOP um, leaders throughout the state, telling them who to vote for. Uh, it's like they were. I've had roadblock after roadblock, so I actually had to call our GOP. Uh, <laughs> the chair of the GOP party. And instead of talking about how he, so you're talking about David Schaefer, right? Instead of talking about how, how to fix the problem, he wanted to talk about my relationship to governor Kim. And I had to basically say, what does that have to do with the anything? I'm calling to ask you about a list. What does my relationship with governor Kim have to do with anything? So you're saying they haven't played fair at the top. No, they have not. Interesting. Interesting. So, 
What has this process taught you about yourself? <laughs> I love whenever they count me out, Chuck. I something I've learned and something that people that know me, we're gonna outwork them. We're gonna it's just true grit and I'm determined to prove them wrong. Uh y'all got a y'all got a debate coming up pretty soon, right? Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Where uh when's the next debate? I think the Atlanta Press Club is the big one. I'm looking forward to that. And that one's what in the next week or so? Next week, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, and that I mean I mean that when you don't have a lot of money and you don't have a lot of money according to disclosures, um you have to get the earned media, right? That's right. And you know, what do you think happens? Tell me what you think the scenario is when they count the votes in your race on the 24th. I think it's going to be a runoff. I think they're going to be surprised because they're, they're, the fact is I have connections with all the sheriffs in the state, all the probate judges in the state, tax commissioners, clerk of courts, magistrate court judges, election superintendents. They know that TJ is the best candidate, hands down. He knows what he's doing. He will always have our conservative values at heart. So I think they're going to be surprised. I think uh, no one gave Winston Sears a fighting chance in Virginia. I think we're going to have the same scenario to play out here in the state of Georgia. So you think you're going to be the surprise at the top of the ballot, on the ballot on the 25th. People are going to go, whoa, this was supposed to be a high Raffensperger runoff. So who do you think, if you do well, who do you think, who do you think is going to end up, you know, also in there? Um, <laughs> you put me on the spot. <laughs> hey, that's my job, man. I'm, um, a rep- I'm a reporter. As long as TJ's there, yes, I am the long shot. I am the dark horse. But as long as TJ there, then we'll take on uh, anyone in the in the runoff. <laughs> okay, I hear you. Well, we're getting near the end of this, Judge, uh, Judge Hudson. I really appreciate you taking time to dial us in one thing i've been doing with these things at the end of these podcasts been doing them for a well over a year now is uh um turn the tables you get to ask me a question it'd be interesting for the guy in in the middle of a political race what his question to a reporter would be what do you so my question to you mr chuck is in a secretary of state candidate what do you look for I think we have all figured out over the course of the last three terms, four terms, going back to when um, Governor Kemp was elected, first elected Secretary of State. I think we've all figured out it's probably one of the most one of the most important offices in Georgia. I mean, if, you know, I mean everything else that it does, all the licensure stuff that you have that you're responsible for, but. The election, at a time when people are questioning the results of the election, in essence, they're questioning the results. Of, they're questioning democracy. And the elections have to be free and fair. They, you can't have the person running the election putting a thumb on the scale. It just that we won't last much longer as a country when, if that becomes the common thing. 
So, you know, for me, I'm looking for somebody that's fair, somebody that's going to that's gonna call balls and strikes the way, you know, the way they see them, the way the law tells them to call balls and strikes. And so, I mean, that's, that's the way I look at it. Great answer. I don't know. I mean, I don't have many great answers, but I, I'll, I'm a lot more comfortable asking the questions. Um, uh, our guest has been T.J. Hudson. Judge Hudson's a former uh, probate judge of Trutland County down in Soperton and the other side of the state from beautiful Columbus. And we're at a point now where I have to tell you, you can watch the Chuck Williams show on Tuesday nights on WRBL.com. You can also catch it on Spotify, Apple, and iHeart. If you want to catch the podcast without the pictures, judge, they probably won't get neither one of us on there. That may be the way to go. Uh, (laughs) um, And then you can get me on social media. Obviously I have a pretty heavy social media presence. I'm on Twitter at Chuck Williams on Facebook, Chuck Williams, WRBL. And I am available on Instagram, Chuck Williams, zero nine, nine, nine. Come this week coming up. is going to be a big week for a lot of us. We've got a couple, I've got a couple debates that I'm going to be involved in. We'll be, uh, WRBL on WRBL Thursday night at seven o'clock. Um, I'll be one of the panelists for the Columbus mayor's debate. Uh, Mayor Skip Henderson being challenged by businessman John Anchor. We'll have that debate uh, on um, Thursday night on WRBL between 7 and 8 o'clock. Tune in. I think you'll learn a lot about the man who is our mayor and the man who wants to be our mayor. And then Sunday night, I will be part of a panel with the Atlanta Press Club. You were just talking about that. I'll be doing uh, a panel with Greg Bluestein, and we'll be asking questions of the five Georgia Republican gubernatorial candidates. So looking forward to that in Atlanta on Sunday night. And that can be seen on Georgia Public Broadcasting. Well, Judge, good luck in your debate in Atlanta with the Press Club. I, I will certainly be watching, and I hope the rest of our viewers viewers will too. Our guest has been Judge T.J. Hudson from Trutland County. He is running for Secretary of State in the Republican primary, trying to unseat incumbent Brad Raffensperger. Y'all have a great night or great day, great whatever, and we'll see you next time on the Chuck Williams Show.